This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by Percy Smurfarka. Hola. Oh, excuse me. I... I wasn't introducing anybody. That was just a belch. Also, David the Bald the Third. Hello, nurse. We're so professional here. Well, oh, we're yeah. starting recording a little late because I had to get dinner. I had to get um, lunch ready at the absolute last minute, and I I will talk about that more on the after show. Which yeah, he made us be sit part here of. and watch him eat. You can go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio and um, I'll listen to us chat about things. Um, also, I spared the patrons who watch on video me slurping and eating, also audio. <laughs> um, but um, in case you want to know, I had a baked potato with vegan cheese and oh my gosh, I'm so burpy. This is bad, bad podcaster. Um, a baked potato with vegan cheese, broccoli, and um, vegan um, yogurt. And it's because um, you inhaled it very, very quickly. That's why you're. And my whole thirty finished, so I'm I've, I'm not actually super vegan, Brian, anymore after last month because we we re-added fish back in. But more of that later. Today's topic is going to be about what makes a great horror movie, which we all know. David has been looking forward to talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm on the edge of my seat. Can you not tell? <laughs> um, and um, but what was I supposed to? Oh but yeah, first, but first, everybody's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? Where we all talk about the nerdiest thing that we've done in the last two weeks, and we vote using the pendant Mike Myler widget system. And you're welcome, Brian. You get to go first. I was about to say I'll go first this time because I made everybody record late. Well, too uh, bad she's making you go first anyway. So go. <laughs> all right. So um, Heather and I had our fifth anniversary. Yeah, awesome. For those who are confused, we also have a fifth anniversary next year. Um, <laughs> the okay, the now sixth. I'm confused. What we they got married? We got married. We got married, and then we had a wedding a year later. Ah, oh, okay, gotcha. And not everybody knew about it. Um, I did. Yeah, I know you did. The um, my brain is not working after eating. What's potatoes. what's nerdy with you, Brad? Oh yeah, lots of things. When we were in um when we were in Seattle, it was after we were finished with Whole 30 and I went to a place called Razi's Pizza and had gluten-free vegan 
pizza and um, we went to a place called Bamboo Sushi, which we've been talking about trying for a long time because there's locations here in Portland, um, but they have gluten-free tempura. And I hadn't had tempura in many, many years. It was very nice to have some veggie tempura. And we had a roll with shrimp tempura in it, too. So, um, But seafood has been one of those things we've been very slowly integrating. Also, rice very slowly integrating. We had the sushi... And then um, a few days later, I made a stir fry that I put some that I put some salmon in. But um, yeah, and for those who are confused about the nickname, I explained this last week. But I I haven't been a pure vegan in a long time. But I was when we started the podcast. That's for why a we long call time. him the super vegan. The super whatever. means superfluous. <laughs> um other than that i've been playing um baldur's gate 3 who david very generously gifted Uh um during the show last week um so been playing baldur's gate 3 and um it's been fun i've been playing a druid i'm um let me um i'm still in act one Oh wow! Without okay. spoiling anything for anyone, I'm still in Act One. I'm just slowly doing Blighted Village, Druid Grove, Emerald Grove stuff. Gotcha. Taking my time. I'm playing a Druid, which is really funny. Happens to be the least after they released the statistics as the least played class. Yeah. Um. Well, the second. So is Baldur's Gate one of those ones that you guys can play together? Yes, yes. There is a multiplayer version. There is a multiplayer way as long as you're connected on Steam. And I is share... it cross-platform? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Because I was going to get Baldur's Gate three because they just released it for PlayStation on the sec. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it has to be on Steam, so I I don't think it is. I was mm-hmm. thinking about. I was thinking about doing some streams on the Discord and yeah. some of my games on Discord. That was something I've been thinking about and trying to block time for um, Baldur's Gate 3, Minecraft, uh, maybe other games I have. I've been wanting to play um, uh, Magicka again. I haven't played that in a while. That's really mm. fun. I always do the voices when I play that game. <laughs> um, nice. Other than that, I, um, I unbox some of my board games that I plan on learning how to play for a future game night, but I haven't done that yet. Um what games? Clank. Okay. And um, the other one, I don't remember the name of. I'm really embarrassed. I don't remember the name. Sandro, uh, my best friend Sandro, gave it to me. And it's a, it's one of those super complicated games like Talisman. Okay. But you can solo play it. Hmm. It's like Legacy of the Continent or something like that. You're, you're okay. exploring, you're exploring a dark continent and like getting treasure. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, neat. I, yeah, I, I, I specifically asked for like solo gameplay games. It's just when he gave it to me, I didn't expect it to be as complicated as it was. It requires like an afternoon to figure out how to play it. I watched some of the, a, some of the, the board games that have solitaire modes are kind of fun. Yeah, I watched a YouTube video where somebody was showing how to go through solitaire, and I started hearing donkey sounds while listening to them explaining how complicated this game was, and was like, I need to read this. Um, other than that, um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I really do like Baldur's Gate. I'm, I'm happy you gave it to me, because I've, I've been having fun playing it. It's so similar to Divinity. Yeah. Yeah, It to me, it hasn't really felt like Baldur's Gate. I wish there was an option to um, do real time. What do you mean? Well, the original Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were real time uh, with um, you press space bar to pause, or you could set it to auto pause and play it like turn based. Yeah. Where Baldur's Gate 3 is. Well, the combat's all turn based, but everything else is not. Yeah. In the original Baldur's Gate, you could do combat real time or turn based. You had the choice. 
Right. But they're sticking with the fifth edition system, which is only set for turn based. So yeah. the fact that during your turn you have the three D and D actions, you've got a, a move, a standard, and a, uh, yeah. a bonus. Um I oh I played some Pathfinder too. So yeah, lots of stuff. Um we're we're going up on becoming ninth level soon and I'm really excited. Awesome. Yeah. I switched so I, I think I mentioned on the podcast before, I'm playing a Catfolk Alchemist in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and I was using the Toxicologist subclass, mm-hmm. and I was super unhappy with it. You kept dying all the time, right? It, not dying, just feeling useless and being mm-hmm. very frustrated. I switched it to Bomber, and I'm so happy. Oh, yeah, Bomber's great. Yeah, and I feel kind of defeated because I didn't want to play what everybody plays, and Bomber seems like the only really non-circumstantially useful... Um, subclass. I would you agree can with still that. Still use statement. poisons as a bomber. Yeah, yeah, and toxicologist doesn't give you enough. Where where bomber is just incredible. Um, being able to throw bombs and not do splash damage should just be a ability that everyone gets, and they should give bombers extra bombs or something. He <laughs> yeah yeah I. I, I think everyone should have that no splash damage for bombs thing. Yeah, no, the exclusions are amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it. Um. What. Um. What about you, David? Well, uh, I went to Strategicon over Labor Day weekend, Woo! and that was awesome. Uh, got to play in the Magic pre-release. I got to play in a Magic pre-release sealed tournament for the new set that came out, which is like fairy tale based. It's interesting, like Grimm's fairy tales, like Grim Dark fairy tales. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, that was a fun. That was fun. I came in third from last. My buddy Grant came in second to last, and our other friend came dead last. We did not do well. <laughs> uh, then uh, Saturday, I was supposed to play a minis game, but that got canceled due to COVID reasons. Uh, so I played in a couple of other things that were going on. Uh, I jumped into a fifth edition one shot, which was a lot of fun, based on Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula series, which was a lot of fun and then later that night i got invited to play in a pvp event for fifth edition oh neat yeah so we were all able to make cr20 characters either monsters or actual characters whatever you wanted to build and we would be put into a room with it was like a it was an arena type thing and there was specific conditions and last man standing wins did anybody cast time stop yes oh I, yeah i played the wizard my name yep. was maximilian damage <laughs> i was uh two levels of tempest cleric and 18 levels of wizard oh my god what a great name i have two ninth level spell slots first one goes time stop <laughs> but that's the thing is because i'm a tempest uh cleric a Tempest Domain Cleric, all of my thunder and lightning spells automatically deal maximum damage. Oh, yeah. And because I'm 18th level of Evocation Wizard, at that high level, uh, I can make a- any spell I cast up to 5th level maximized for free. Now, I missed it if you said it already, but who won? I, it wasn't me. Uh, the oh, winner okay. was a someone who played an Ancient Gold Dragon, CR20. Oh, of course. Yeah. I lasted... I, I made it to the top 10, but... Yeah, then I got then I got a I, I got a the saber sucked and I failed. So I I would have played the rabbit for Monty Python. 
if you could figure out the actual stats for it in the game or be able to stat it to where it was a CR 20 encounter and the gym approved of it, you would have been able to. I would just make a 20th level fighter and file off the serial numbers. I take yeah. it back. Uh, the winner was not the gold dragon. The gold dragon came in second place. The winner was a level 20 barbarian who had a vorpal sword. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I think he uh, he ended up queen of hearting like four other players because he was crit fishing. He had six attacks. He was just rolling for 20s because <laughs> off of his head. <laughs> oh, that's fun. How big was the room? It was the map we were playing on was like three foot by four foot. I played at a I at Strategicon. I played in a PvP event once where the battle map was the room. Interesting. And I mean, hmm. other than it, it was just D&D. Yeah. It was just the battle map was the room. So they, they gridded it off with tape. And Interesting. You, yeah, so it was a standing and walking around thing and everybody just had their stuff and then rolled foam dice on the floor that's neat yeah it was fun yeah it was fun i liked it i've seen it done with beach balls watching like beach ball dice when mm. people do it online have you seen any of those events where they throw the they throw the bag of they they like throw a bag of balls into the crowd and use that for dice rolls rather than using dice so that's like whoever whoever in the crowd holds their hand up first that's the number that no i've never rolled. seen that yeah no this was this was actually like a DD game there were 20 of us around the table with one gm and we all rolled initiative and in turn order we did what we did at the table and it was it went down to the oh, last man cool. standing that's cool how many rounds did it last uh i was out after round four yeah. It didn't go very long. Yeah, I left. Yeah. It was getting late. I left. It. I think PvP would be more fun if you limit it to like 6th or 7th though. Well, the problem was is uh, the tur- the first two turns took like four hours. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's, that's the big problem with 20th <laughs> level gameplay or 20th level challenge rating gameplay. Not going to lie. You know, taking four turns in one was a little annoying to everybody else at the table. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> Excuse me while I set up these two delayed blast fireballs. <laughs> Excuse me while I set up this chain lightning so it hits seven people for max damage. It could have been worse. It could have been Math Finder. Yeah, but that's that. That was the whole thing. His name is Maximilian Damage. I don't, I don't roll dice. You do. <laughs> Say, did you make your save? Then you only take half. <laughs> Uh, what we, uh, is it possible to make a character like that with a diviner? I probably I don't. You know. cast a spell, and it's like, by the way, you got a four. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that was the other level nine spell. I was I was either going to be something like meteor swarm or um uh divinate uh whatever the divination spell is that lets forthright or something like that that lets you forethought or something that lets you uh lets you roll in advance and then store them. And be able to use them as you need them. Yeah. And important. Something like that. I don't remember. People call it the most powerful ability in 5th edition. Yeah. Someone used Wish to turn the floor literally into lava, which the gold dragon doesn't care about because it's a gold dragon. (laughs) I could fly because I'm a wizard. (laughs) But yeah, someone actually used Wish to turn the floor into literal lava. Oh, that did that take anybody out? I think one. Yeah. The one person who couldn't get their feet off the floor. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't just, there wasn't more. Well, two of them were playing straight type, so. two of them were playing straight up demi liches. Oh wow. The floating skull of fuck you. <laughs> yeah, there were two of those. That that's what killed me. I got hit by a whale from one of those and failed to save. I I I God, that I could talk about that one all day, but Erica, what about you? Well, 
Well, no, no, that's only Saturday. Then that's Sunday, only Saturday? Then Sunday I got to play in a uh, miniatures game. We were doing Battletech versus Kaiju from Pacific Rim. Oh, my God. Oh, that was great. I lost seven I lost seven mechs. We, we were able to win the scenario, and they didn't destroy all four of the power generators. We saved one of them. I lost seven mechs, but we were able to kill two Kaiju. I don't even know if Erica's going to want to go at this point, because I know you're not done. <laughs> no, I'm not. And then... Uh... <laughs> And then there was. Oh, a I circuit... think my thing's way cooler. For <laughs> okay, we'll see. Then, then there was a Circus Maximus game that was going. That was awesome. I got to I sit in on for a little Maximus. while. That was fun. And yeah, see, normally I'm chained to these minis tables, and I'm there all goddamn day, so I don't get to do anything else when I'm at the con. But this time the minis games didn't happen, so I was able to go out and actually play other stuff. It was fun. I've never played it, but I've only watched it. Circus oh, Maximus is awesome. It's so much fun. I actually have a copy of the game. Um, Erica, if you ever go to a gaming convention and you just hear people yelling flip 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 they're playing circus Circus maximus Maximus because there's a chariot race yep ah and anytime you do anything to put stress on your wheels you have to make a wheel check if you fail the wheel check you flip over and probably die so everyone else wants to see you fail whenever you make a flip check (laughs) you can can always tell whether it was successful or not by the either oh or the yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh yeah i remember back with the west end of these cons you could hear that up on the third floor <laughs> they'd be in the minis room and you'd be you hear flip up on the third floor <laughs> and when it was at the other hotel when i used to work sign-in desk for pathfinder you would just hear that you'd oh, be yeah. working at the sign-in desk and you'd just hear flip 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 over and over again yeah. flip, flip, to the point where we usually just end up abandoning the sign-in desk and just watching. <laughs> uh, so much fun. And then, yeah, so that was that. And then I started uh, I I started playing some older games of mine lately. Uh, Baldur's Gate, obviously. Although I hit a wall of Baldur's Gate. I went into a fight, got my ass handed to me, and I haven't logged into the game since. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> Sometimes you need a break when you get your ass handed to you. Yeah, yeah I'm like I'm, it was like it it wasn't even a fair. I was a straight up whooping. <laughs> I've spent an entire week trying to figure out my strategy for that goddamn hobgoblin barbarian. Oh, okay. So yeah, that that's what's been nerdy with me. How about you, Erica? What's been nerdy with you? Uh, so what's been nerdy with me is I took um the opportunity to enjoy um I don't know some stargazing. Oh awesome. Um my husband and I went to Maine and we got a cabin out in the middle of nowhere on the ocean uh in one of the little coves where the sky was so there was so little light pollution that you could actually see the Milky Way. Wow. Which was really amazing it's gorgeous to see um during the super moon the last super moon of the Ooh, month of august that's so awesome it was, it was a blue moon and a super moon and it was absolutely gorgeous and the water was so still that collected perfectly right off of the water which was great wow so for me that was like a once in a lifetime opportunity i no could get a game con con anytime mm, but fair enough setting up something like that um so we did that which was great it was very peaceful um like i said like it took 45 minutes to actually get to civilization like that's how far out we were so it was really neat wow um we also took the opportunity to get uh lobsters fresh off the boat and have lobsters um 
which of course, you know, lobster rolls and everything like that up in Maine. Mm -hmm. And we went to Bar Harbor, um, which was really nice and went to the Arcadia National Forest. Um, Let me see. What else did we do? Oh, we also went to Salem, Massachusetts and did some historical tours, which was great and lots of fun. And I'm 90% sure that I got a rock that may have been part of a headstone. Ooh. It wasn't intentional, but I was going through, like, they give you a tour of, like, the graveyard um, where all the judges <clears throat> were buried that um, convicted the witches. And Lee said she wanted a rock from Salem. And I was walking through there and I saw this really cool little rock and I picked it up. And then after I started getting examining it i noticed that it looked like the shale that all the headstones are made out of oh and i did find it at the base of the headstone so now i'm like is this a piece of the headstone that fell off i don't know um so that hopefully isn't i don't know i don't know how i feel about the whole thing it was just a cool little rock that i found for her um so we did that and then our way back from maine um we stopped by jay and bob uh Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash in New Jersey. Nice. That was really awesome and picked up some cool stuff, which ended up with us driving in New York City because it took us through New York City rush hour traffic on a Friday. I don't suggest driving in New York City in rush hour, just for record, on a Friday. I don't know if it's different any other day, but um, yeah, so I got to see like a really beautiful uh, astronomical event in the best possible conditions, and it was really peaceful. I don't even know why the fuck we play. (laughs) (laughs) I Okay, I I was actually holding on to something because I know I shared a lot, but you guys shared such amazing things, I have to share it. Um, Heather's work party had karaoke, and I sang Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Nice. At her work party. (laughs) I was going to say, at her work party. Nice. And Heather is the one who suggested I sing it because her boss sang drunk on an airplane which made Ah. it okay for me to sing that ah i also sang spiders and toxicity by system of a down um possum kingdom by the toadies santa monica by um everclear and um creep and rainbow connection by the muppets Mm, wow yeah um there were only like three people singing we sang a lot of songs nice well that's fun yeah, that was my back pocket. I wasn't going to bring it up, but now I am type of thing. So um, voting, we have four each. Um, since I go first, God damn it. I, it's not that I feel like <laughs> bad that I'm not going to win this. It's that I don't know how to distribute my widgets because we all had good stuff. Um, because Erica had the vacation of a lifetime and David Circus Maximus was enough. Oh, I, I left out a very important. Oh, God thing. damn it. Well, maybe it's not important but it was a lot of fun so i got super high and the tide goes out in the coves and so you can see like the bottom of the ocean Mm -hmm. and so we went walking on the bottom of the ocean and there was like a tide pool with crabs in it and we threw a chicken leg in there and i watched a crab fight club over the chicken leg while i was super high it was incredibly entertaining i don't know if that gives you bonus points with david but for me i grew up on long island and we used to do stuff like that a lot so mm. not uh, well high but i, I, I watched, can imagine it would be more fun i it's watched all fun. i watched all eight episodes of the one piece live action while i was at the convention holy fuck <laughs> um well i didn't give, sleep much i'm sorry erica david gets three of mine and you get one uh-huh. 
But you can't replicate what I did. Yeah, but I will. No, David gets three and you get one. This game is unfair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I give two to Erica and two to Brian. Uh, what about you, Erica? I give one to Brian and one to David and two to me. Damn. All right. He's one to win. I see how it is. It, no. It, it, I it think made it think... so she can't even win with a... Ne- she can't even lose with a negative widget. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give myself a negative widget <laughs> just for having to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I The J... The, the Jay and Silent Bob secret stash is really hard. What is that? It's their comic. It's Kevin Smith's comic book store in New Jersey. Um, the, and it's super that was, awesome. That mm. was featured in. Um, okay. It was featured in um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and the television show Comic Book Man. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's run by one of his best friends. But um, and he, he like we him got and, to meet. Yeah, him and really best cool. friend, like him and friends he grew up with and played hockey okay. with, all own it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool thing. Neat. And it's the it's the rare kind of comic book store that you can walk into with a box of comics and sell comics. Cool. Yeah, or trade them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it it it's nice to go to a comic book store that's not just about pushing what's new or selling mm-hmm. or ripping people off. They had really cool comics in there. I will have to say, like lots yeah, of really neat. cool comics. Yeah, the show was pretty cool because it was kind of like Con Stars, but for comics. But for comics, okay. plus they did nerdy shit. Neat and did like a smodcast at the end of every episode with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Erica, you deserve to win, but I still give my votes to David. Well, thank you. I I, it's probably because I miss Strategicon so much. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was actually the Saturday attendance was it was pretty it was pretty big. And my votes did not go to David because the topic is not something that he normally goes for. <laughs> um, but today we are talking about what makes a good horror movie. And um, since I went first and what's nerdy with you, I'll go first in this too. Um, we'll go uh, me, me, David, Erica, like we did. Um, uh-huh. I'll ask the first question. And my question for the room is, Are there is there any rule in writing that applies to anything else that doesn't apply to horror movies like isn't just isn't a horror movie just a good horror movie just a good story that happens to be scary or thrilling i mean what's the difference between a horror movie and any story like is because i mean i imagine you need character development plot a you know a a, a simple plot that's not too hard to follow like a balanced plot and you need cohesion. You need all the things you normally have in a movie. What makes a horror movie different? I think what makes a horror movie different is it has to tap into something very visceral of the human psyche. So it has to tap into that fight or flight response and be able to trigger it through visual and, and sound cues um, to get that response. Where when you're looking at like a romantic comedy or an action movie or anything like that, they can be entertaining just because they're entertaining and not necessarily trigger that response. Even if you have an excellent plot and you have excellent character development, if you are unable to trigger that fight or flight response in the adrenaline system, you will it will be a lackluster horror. What about you, David? I am not an overly large fan of the genre. Um I know that there are 
classically bad ones and there are a lot of tropes based around horror movies uh several of them are some are racially motivated some are otherwise it's it's there's always there's a lot of tropes about horror movies one of the things i was wondering is so you classically do not like them we we brought it up on the show many times we sometimes avoid the horror movie topic this time yeah. we went for it no, you classically don't classically don't like them which makes me think i know you've mentioned before that there are ones you have enjoyed but they're very few yeah well it's also ones that i don't really consider to be in classic horror like army of darkness is not a horror movie true some would claim that it's horror genre sure i guess but it's not it's a comedy it's a fantasy action comedy yeah but when he goes to that tower it's evil dead Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. That part is freaky and a little, little fucked up. But, uh, like, I, I, I mean, my favorite horror movie is technically not a horror movie. Uh, Alien was science fiction, but it is a fucking horror movie. It's Ghost <laughs> in a Castle. It's Ghost in a Castle. It's basically that's it's claustrophobic horror, uh, yeah. a monster in a monster in a cave type horror. And I, yeah. I agree with you completely. And I, I always wished they would make that same movie. In medieval times, with a dragon underground. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I always wish that would happen. Yeah, I just i I have anxiety issues. I always have. So sitting through movies that are playing on that anxiety is not something I enjoy doing. They're triggering that response. Yeah, yeah. I that I do not find pleasure in that so it is not something that i enjoy it is so movies that love doing that i, I hate jump scares that so is i no- imagine if a movie is in the horror genre but it's closer to a thriller where it's more about the story and less about the scariness that's easier to watch yes much so like something like seven seven was was decent i enjoyed it yeah because it, it took me it took me a lot to watch it but yeah it was a good one seven's one of those ones that i could oh, Always thought of it as more of it's triggering your revulsion response rather than your your like yeah. scared like anxiety fight and flight yeah mm-hmm. yeah because it it with with seven I always felt it was more like you were you were kind of like being exposed to something you shouldn't see rather than being or being forced to see something you shouldn't see rather than being scared of what's on screen yeah psychological thriller over horror even though i really think of seven as a horror movie it's just a good one (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's mostly just that that like slasher films and stuff i just i can't deal with that constant tension build it just drives Um, me up the wall and let me know at any time if i go too far with these questions because i'm curious because no no you're fine anxiety can be hard um my my what my question is like going into the genres of horror what about ghosts as long as it's more i I don't know i've like i've seen uh, to be fair i i've like i've seen 13 ghosts i've seen yeah all this stuff but it was always in broad daylight on a small screen i could stop and start whenever i needed to it wasn't you know in a theater in the the dark (laughs) i've always had this theory about 13 ghosts that it's 13 ghosts was never scary for me because it felt like they were just showing off the visual effects wrapped around an 
okay story. But the movie, I always enjoyed it. I always thought it was a fun, clever little movie to watch. But I never found it overly scary. Mm. 13 Ghosts is is definitely more about the visual appeal. I mean, the story is okay. Yeah. And the acting's good. Yeah, the acting's good. The story's okay. Um, Character development is minimal at best, with Mm -hmm. the exception of, um, what's his name? Matthew... Lillard. Lillard's character has the the most character development in the story. Um, And that's saying a lot. Um, But what makes that movie good is the concept. So the concepts of some archaic machine, right? The concepts of the 13 ghosts themselves. Because the idea of those 13 ghosts is that everybody can be pigeonholed into one of those 13 types. Kind of like personality types, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So everybody can relate on some basic level to those 13 different ghosts, one one of those 13 different ghosts. And then you have the very interesting effect that the glass house create, right? So there is really nowhere to hide because you can see through everything. And then on top of that, you have the visual effects of the ghosts themselves, which were very well done. Like the, the makeup department did an excellent job with that. And I think that's what, and it's so funny that you brought that up, David, because when you ask anybody in our age range what a good horror movie mm. was, a one that they enjoyed, almost always that is either the first or second movie that, yeah. they, that, they, that they say. And it's not because it's excellent. The story could have used a lot more. Um, the characters could have been developed a lot more, but it's the concept and the visual effects that truly make that story worth it. And then, Mm. of course, you have the comedy aspect, Matthew Lillard being the major comedy piece in there. So... I mean, it, it, it's 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 solid. It's a good movie. One in in another really good one that you know has a tendency to be brought up along with Thirteen Ghosts is Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. which has a very similar aspect. Is that it has a trope of this ancient machine, right? Don't, yeah. Don't s- have you seen it, David? Yes, I have actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the spoiler warning for people who who haven't tried like skip ahead until it seems like we haven't been listening to it because it it's one of those movies that require that relies on being surprised by the twist so yeah it is let's let's we are going to talk about it but let's let's shake that up a bit i think in nowadays what makes a good horror movie is very different than what it used to be because there's trends right Mm mm-hmm and Cabin in the Woods is a metatextual movie, which is what is good, like, in this era. It's, we're sort of at the end of it, but the fact that it goes in that meta direction made it good for the people watching it at that time. But I imagine it's going to be looked at differently going backwards because it 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 was referencing it was referencing horror tropes from the last like 20 years so like 20 years from now something like that might not be as be impactful except maybe from an intellectual like film studies viewpoint um yeah but um how are your feelings about cabin in the woods david because i'm really curious about that because that's it for someone who really doesn't like watching horror movies something that goes into meta on horror movies what's that like it was one of those i didn't actually watch it myself i was in the room while it was being watched yeah <laughs> so i i also have had conversations about it with my friend grant who is it's one of his favorite movies so 
I've had at, at length discussions about the, the philosophies behind it and everything of the stuff, and it's like, okay, cool, I get it. So I've seen it. It was a it was a decent movie, but yeah, it's I'm I don't know. I just it's there's something that I just I don't I, I can't even really put it into words. I just I don't enjoy the sensation of sitting through stuff like that sometimes. My my biggest laugh in that movie was right at the beginning when the freaking dude drove up with the giant bomb. Oh yeah. I could not stop laughing. I had a he steps out and folds it up into a coffee mug. That was one of the goddamn most funny things I've ever seen in a movie. And it was in a freaking horror movie. And I I really appreciated him being in that movie. I don't I can't I don't know the actor's name, but he played Topher in the show Dollhouse. Okay. And um I actually watched Dollhouse because of Cabin in the Woods. I hadn't seen Dollhouse and it was really cool to see that actor. And Dollhouse he has a good. very powerful character on Dollhouse. Um but I mean, other than that, I, I think Cabin in the Woods is one of those things that if someone hasn't heard of it, you'll be like Chris Hemsworth was in a medit commentary horror movie, you'd be like, Really? <laughs> yeah. If you didn't know, <laughs> but uh, but then there, but then you get to the movies like the Saw franchise. No thanks. The uh, the, the the then there's you know then there's the, there's that brand of horror. There's the the you know the shock and the 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 gross and the and, and, yeah. No thanks. So what? And Saw has gotten away from what made the first one really good. So the first one was a very good horror. It really was. But one of the things about Saw that makes it harder for people who have trouble with those kind of feelings in a horror movie is Saw doesn't really show the brutality. It shows the anticipation of it. And I have to say, that's one of the reasons why that movie's so scary. But I remember after it came out, people were talking about how gory it was. And it's like, was it? What did yeah, they show? Yeah, it wasn't. It, it was what yeah. was yeah yeah it leads you up to it and it goes yeah and then it cut right so yeah. you don't actually see it and so what you're left is what happened in your head right yep. yeah but and what, that can be much worse oh yeah yeah it can be much worse and i think that's another piece is so what made saw great let me finish that thought first what made saw great was the story it was a different type of story you you could say that it's a slasher film, right? But you could also say it's a psychological thriller. So that's what made that one really, really good. Then you get into slasher films. And I am actually not a fan of slasher films. It's one of the only horror genres that I'm not like, woo, that sounds great. Let's go watch it. Because uh, I do love horror movies. Um, but the reason that I don't is because they have a tendency to do what the opposite of the first Saw did, which is actually show what's happening, right? Yeah. And it's it's more terrifying in your head to have an idea of what happened and not actually see it. Well, here's a really good so, example. Here's a really good example. I'm going to back you up on this. Yeah, there is a there is a Guillermo del Toro movie called Mama. It is a ghost movie. And I have to say that movie was excellent. Absolutely wonderful ghost movie until the end when the ghost reveals itself and it's flying around like crazy it became it was such a bad idea to show the monster and you would think yeah. Yamo del Toro would know better but I mean I I do have to say 
I still enjoyed the movie because when the ghost started flying around, it reminded me of a Wraith in D&D. And I thought that was really cool to see a Wraith in D&D in a movie because like at one point it's flying around with just the top of its head showing through the ground and it looked like some kind of hair spider. <laughs> so I have to say, wasn't scared at all anymore after they showed the fucking CG ghost flying around. Mm. Yeah. It looked it real. But it wasn't scary anymore because you could see it. Yeah. And that's one of the things about horror movies is less is generally more. And the more you focus on the psychological aspects of it and the more you can push those buttons, that's where you get a really good horror movie for the most part. I was talking to David about it a while back about Into the Mouth of Madness. It's a movie he's not going to (laughs) watch, but you've heard of it, right? We talked about Into the Mouth of Madness is Sam Neill movie. It's a really, really good Sam Neill horror movie. If you like Sam Neill horror movies, um, it's... It's um, Call of Cthulhu type of thing where he's going to find the author of who's basically the H.P. Lovecraft in this universe. And when he goes to find him, he goes into a situation that's very Lovecraftian. It's one of the best Lovecraftian type horror movies. But I have to say, I don't think we can answer the question of what makes a good horror movie because we've already kind of said we can't because you have different genres of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could probably nail down what makes good one of those. Like a gore fest movie can be good for the people who enjoy watching them. Absolutely. Yeah. The um but you you have these several genres. And then on top of that, each genre has different elements that make it good. And then you have the base elements of what makes a good movie, which doesn't necessarily apply to certain kinds of horror. Because like when you're talking about a slasher, sometimes people expect them to be a little bit lower quality and they don't want something really deep and amazing. They want a cheap with just a story that works. That's not completely crap it has good acting in it it has good actors in it which explains why there's like 15 friday the 13th sequels or there's you know 25 nightmare before elm street or nightmare on elm streets and nightmare before elm street would be a great movie they should totally <laughs> make that it should be about freddie's great grandfather and it should be like he gets a, a, he gets he gets a um approached by the dream demons and becomes like the cowboy dream monster oh that's funny yeah he could use a glove with guns on it (laughs) (laughs) so i think you're making a really good point brian is that there are so many different genres so there's the slasher there's the monster movie there's the ghost movie uh and then there's the psychological thriller but the thing is is you can take and put together multiple of those genres and really kind of turn it on its head right so as an example i can't remember his name right now because i'm terrible at names but the director that did um nope what's his name jordan peele jordan peele thank you i'm very bad with it so um he did he did that he did two others and all three of them are very very good um what was the first one he did brian get out yeah get out right and then and then um us us yeah and then no um get out was amazing it really really was and it was very much both a monster movie and in my opinion the best type of monster 
humans because there's nothing scarier in my opinion than what humans are capable of and it's very much a psychological thriller in what it does um i have not seen us i won't lie i keep meaning to see it but i haven't gotten a chance to but i did see no and it was very much the same thing he blended the trope of a monster movie with a psychological thriller. And I love how the name of the movie well. the name of the movie doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. What no? Yeah, it's what black people say when they see a horror. Yeah. That's what he nope. said. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's just nope. One of the characters yeah. says it in the movie when the scary thing happens. It's just nope, nope, nope. Nope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and it's it's just really, it's really, really good. So when you're looking at like those different types, to your point, Brian, it's hard to say exactly what make a good horror movie because it depends on which genre of horror movie you're expecting to see. Well, let's break um, it down, at least with this question. Does a horror movie have to be scary to be good? No, absolutely not. Support that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's a movie. There, I got two supporting answers for you. Um, The first one is um, Shutter Island. Have you seen that with Leonardo DiCaprio? I know of it. Yeah, I've did. seen review. I, I see. I've I watched the nostalgia critics video about it, so I've seen the movie, but I never actually watched it. In my opinion, that is a horror movie. Some people Ag might agree. disagree with me. Um, I, I agree with you, but it's definitely a horror movie, and there's nothing overtly scary about it. He's trying to solve a mystery, right? And so it seems like it's a mystery movie, but in the end. The horror piece of it is, you know, the twist at the end. What's really happened, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the scary. And that's one we're not going to spoil because I don't no. think there's any really reason to to talk about it. But yeah, um, I, I, I already know what it is. But yeah, haven't. I'm not going to yeah. spoil it. So. Yeah. That, but um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I it, it would definitely mostly be a horror movie. I, floats, I think if it floats your boat, go watch it. Um, I think of the game with Michael Douglas as a horror movie, not a thriller, even though it's not scary. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I've heard Most of it. I would I consider it a psychological thriller, but I find that the concept for me is sort of like funhouse horror rather than thriller because mm -hmm. it's that you don't know what the fuck is going on type of movie mm -hmm. until the very end. Um, and I mean, from the perspective of the character it's definitely a horror movie yeah yeah and another really good movie that to me is a horror movie but is not the type of horror. It, it's not a traditional horror movie is a movie called the house uh at the end of time oh i saw Have that you, yeah yeah and, yeah heather and i watched that yeah that's spanish movie yeah and it yeah. was a, it was a scary movie yeah, in the uh, aspect that you didn't know what was going on being that most people probably haven't seen that um david have you seen House at the End of Time? No. We will talk about it after the show. Okay. It, oh, God, I want to talk to Heather about it, but I don't want to spoil it. I, I mean, I want to talk to Erica about it, but I don't want to spoil it. Oh, my Save God. Save it for the bonus episode, guys. Yeah, the House at the End of the Time is just such a neat thing. Mm -hmm. And there are specific patrons, and I don't know if they've seen it, and if they haven't, I don't want to spoil it, um, that I know will really specifically like it. Shout out to Holly. I think you will really like House at the End of Time if you haven't seen it. I mean, no, knowing that you're a podcaster, you probably have, but that was a surprising movie. House at the End of Time. It was. I, I can't think of anything about it that is overtly scary. Were there any jump scares in it? No. I don't remember. I it, don't remember any jump scares. Mm -hmm. I thought of it more of as a mystery movie with mm -hmm. some supernatural elements 
that end up you end up going holy crap that's what's been going on this whole time yeah um but there is there is a phrase i want to tell you erica about that movie that is super spoily and i i just try to help me to remember to tell you yeah we'll do it in the bonus episode yeah yeah i i don't want to spoil it for anybody but yeah um so yeah um i don't think a horror movie has to be scary to be considered a horror movie or good um i think it does have to initiate your fight or flight response though which can be done with the psychological horror instead of like a traditional horror I think that's really what it is. Does a horror movie, unlike most type of movies, does a horror movie have to be objectively good to be good? If a horror movie has bad acting Mm -hmm. and bad writing, can it still be good because of its genre? I think we've already answered that question with 13 Ghosts. I don't don't know. I I wasn't thinking Because the writing wasn't great. The acting wasn't great. I was thinking about movies that people go to specifically because they're bad, like, like Troll 2, which has a huge following because it's considered the worst movie ever ever made oh i don't know i kind of feel that way about the leprechaun movies like oh god they're bad they really are don't stop being horror movies after like the third one then when they went to the in the hood oh come on warwick (laughs) davis's masterpiece yeah god but when i was a kid that little leprechaun was terrifying oh the first movie was scary as shit yeah i was like oh my god um now I I, watch I've never adult, seen any of them. Funny. I've oh. never seen any of them, by the way. Yeah, you stop him by throwing shoes to him, which he must immediately stop and shine. Oh, I thought, oh, is that a real leprechaun thing? I, I think of the Apparently, <laughs> It worked in the movies. I'm pretty sure that movie is the reason, Brian, I had that Taco Bell incident. I'm pretty sure. I'm That's not exactly surprised. It, it, it's still funny to me that you weren't scared until you realized it was an elderly lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, have we ever told you this story? Nope. All right. Can so... I can I tell it from your perspective? Because it's funnier. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Eric is getting hot sauce at the Taco Bell. And she, la-di-da-di-da, I'm getting hot sauce. Ooh, a leprechaun as a little old hand reaches to the hot All sauce. All I saw was the hand. And she goes, ooh. A leprechaun, and then looks up, and it's an old lady. It goes, ah! <laughs> I literally was not afraid. Like in my brain, somehow this gnarly old hand was reaching for hot sauce, and in my brain, it just goes, "Oh, a leprechaun, no big deal." And then I turned, and I realized it was an old lady, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I can't tell you. My oh brain, my god, that's oh, funny. Oh, it's Eric- a leprechaun. That's Erica, totally normal. Erica has learned how to handle this better over the years. Oh, but there was a day that she had to mentally prepare herself to go to Sunday brunch at a at a at a um country club <laughs> because elderly people are scary, apparently. I've heard that from some people before. Yeah. I, I think it's a it's a completely legitimate phobia. I don't mean Absolutely. to be at anyone who has it. I can relate to it being that I worked as a CNA for a little while and got assaulted by an older lady. Have I ever told that story? Nope. I mean, I know the story, but go ahead. I, I, It's a very short story. I was walking by her table. I knew she was dangerous. I'd been warned. I got closer than I, I got closer than I thought I was. And a clawed hand gouged into my side 
while she went and then i had to get stitches and a tetanus shot wow um through my shirt into i was gonna say it must have taken every ounce of restraint you had and not just backhand the crap out of whoever was doing that to me (laughs) it it was it was right into the like the muscle it wasn't just a subcutaneous injury so i hit the ground oh so my my reflex would have instantly when it was just like (laughs) it was it was like a minor stab wound it was bad it was like yeah and i i did didn't well, bleed a crap ton. Nice but thing about I did being get, as fat as I am, I got padding. <laughs> I was wearing I was wearing scrubs, so they got pretty like mm-hmm. there you could see, and it was and it Damn. was it was the first factor of why I left being a CNA because um, the reaction to people was you shouldn't have gotten that close, mm-hmm. and it was just like what the. <laughs> I have a legit reason to be afraid of, and I'm not afraid of all elderly people. Let me just preface this. I work with a fabulous uh, elderly woman who I absolutely adore. I am not afraid of her whatsoever. Um, But when I was little, and I mean little, little, like three and four, right? My mom worked as a CNA in a nursing home in a dementia unit. And for some reason on Halloween, she thought it was a great idea that we stop by her work for whatever. I don't even remember why. It wasn't to get candy or anything like that. And I'm dressed up in my little princess dress with my little tiara for Halloween. And, you know, I'm not doing anything. Um, just kind of standing around. My mom says, hey, stay here. I'll be right back. And I stayed there. And this elderly woman like came up to me and like started grabbing me with her clawed hands, kind of like Brian, right? And shaking and screaming at me. Oh, wow. That would be traumatic. At four. I have no idea where my mom is, right? And ever since then, I have been particularly afraid of elderly people. And I don't, I don't know why. And I know one day. Well, you know why. (laughs) Well, no, I I know why, but like all. You don't know why you haven't gotten over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no. Look, irrational fear is irrational. I get it. No, irrational fear is irrational. I understand. That's the point of being irrational. I I do understand. The frustration because, like, oh, I can walk on the street and see a dead squirrel and end up it, it could end up ruining my day, yeah, because it freaks me out so bad. So, I get it. I, I have had victories. I took a photo of a dead owl once and I was okay, yeah. And yeah, it, it's I'm, one of those things that has gotten easier as I've gotten older, but there's still like this gut reaction that I can't, fair enough. So, it was fine when the lady was a leprechaun, yeah, I get it. And then I mean, when she wasn't a leprechaun, that's when it was scary. I mean, you want to talk phobia secret time? Secret time. I am terrified of ventriloquist dummies. They're creepy. I I will nope the fuck out I, faster I than anything you've ever seen. I, I agree. I'm you not. Nope. I, I find them to be pretty upsetting, too. I, I won't nope, but like, yeah. There was, I, an episode of Doc, there was an episode of Doctor Who where they're in a hotel of everyone's greatest fears. And they Goddle open up a door. Gotta gear. Yeah. They open up a door and it's a ballroom filled with one guy. Surrounded by ventriloquist dummies, and I immediately went off. No, because <laughs> uh, that is my that is. Oh. You know what? The funniest thing about that is the episode was about that. That part of the episode was about the character had a crippling fear of ventriloquist. No, nope, nope. I don't don't even know why. I can relate. "Mm." I can relate. They're they're unsettling. And, you know, it's there have been studies, you know, it it goes to the uncanny valley type of thing. And, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I I have kind of figured out why I'm afraid of dead animals because trauma Mm. and. And 
Yeah. And oh, I'm sure I'm sure there's something that I'm not remembering that yeah. is the reason why. But yeah, it's this the fastest way to make me leave a room is have someone open up a case and pull one of those out. Like, nope, I'm gone. <laughs> so I think we only have about five, ten minutes left on topic, but I am gonna bring up since we were talking about fear of the elderly, how does a specific fear affect enjoyment of a movie for positive or negative? I'm specifically thinking of the visit by by um m night Shyamalan. have you all seen this no is that the one with the grandkids going to see uh-huh. their grandparents yeah 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 no what what'd you think of that one uh i really didn't like it the last shamalama ding dong i think i actually paid attention to was signs <laughs> see i i only i liked um I like Six Sense because everybody likes Six Sense. There's yeah. very few people who don't. I liked um I liked Unbreakable. Never um, saw it. Oh, it's good. It's not horror. It's just, I know. I just yeah. <laughs> it's it um it's good. It's really good. Um I um but, I saw, uh, I, what's the third one in that genre? Um Signs and then uh The Lady in the Water. No, 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 no. In the um Unbreakable. So it was Unbreakable. Uh Unbreakable. I don't know. Um It's the one with the multiple personalities. Yeah. Uh, I know what I you're talking about. I can't think of it either. I don't I saw it. McAvoy was the actor. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job. He did an amazing job. That was a really in my opinion, that one was a very, I don't, very I don't remember the name of it. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I like the little twist where it's like by the oh split. By the split, way, yeah. it's a sequel to Unbreakable. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody uh, saw I didn't see that coming. I went, holy shit. All right. I, I still would have liked the movie without that. It didn't need it. Yeah. It was just a little cute little thing. And I like that he did that. Now Glass, Glass, on the other hand, doesn't think I don't think it was a bad movie, but I think it could have been done better. Mm. I didn't see Glass. Me neither. Oh, okay. Uh, Glass is the third one, and I, I yeah, I know all three seeing. of them are in a hospital or something. Yeah, yeah. it, it kind of went. It didn't do the thing that M Night Shyamalan does, where the twist is make the twist is stupid. It, it didn't do that. He didn't try, but it does have a bit of a ending see i think the Mm -hmm. reason why he didn't is because the studio didn't let him (laughs) i i think i honestly think glass could have been better if he went a different direction i think he was just he he tried something that just didn't work but i don't know i as far as m night Shyamalan movies that i think were really good i really enjoyed the visit a lot um i really enjoyed um unbreakable and six sense i really enjoyed the lady in the water and that was the first time that he had a movie bomb i didn't think i think the reason i didn't like the visit had didn't have anything to do with the elderly people i think it has to do with i have a particular issue with bad things happening to children in yeah. movies. i cannot do it i don't like it it makes me very upset it doesn't matter if it's a tiny thing like even in like book um like neil gaiman's the graveyard right like in the first 10 minutes is essentially you know him trying to like kill a baby and um he doesn't which is fine but i had to put that book down like three different times because like the anticipation of that really upset me i've never been able to finish the lovely bones the book or the movie because of that same reason yeah it gets to that scene in the book the first time it got to that scene in the book i went oh no and i just closed it i couldn't and it it's violence to children it was just there's certain things i can disconnect from but that i can't it was just yeah it was too 
grim. Um, I mean, I get that that book gets uplifting later, but it's still it's still bad. It's still it's good, but I couldn't do it. But I've done that with books before. There's a few books that I haven't been able to finish. Um, Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk is a big one. I I made it about halfway through. As soon as people in the book started the fing- feeding their fingers to the cat, I went, nope, can't what read this anymore. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there are certain things where I think there's like a line. For me, it's definitely violence towards children. I don't care how good a horror movie is, any movie or any book for that matter, like even suggesting violence towards children like really upsets me. I just watched a movie. Um, It was a horror movie. I was very excited to see it because everybody said it was super good. It just came out, I think, in June. I'll have to look it up. I remember the name of it. Um. But there was violence for children and some children died in it. And I very much regretted going to the theater. Like, I was surprised I got through it. I think I only got through it because um, Lee watched it with me. So she was there holding my hand. So I knew, like, my kid was okay, like, right next to me. But I think that's the only, I think that's the only reason I was able to get through it. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I, I think it answers our question that obviously the question of what makes a good horror movie is subjective 100 percent, and that yeah. subjectiveness is complicated even more by the multiple genres but i think you can kind of break it down into what makes a good movie doesn't necessarily make a good horror movie because horror movies have their own rules and complications based on the genre they fall into mm-hmm. yep they do kind of follow their own rules yeah um but when you when you break it down it all kind of barrels down to there has to be something that appeals to the viewers that like that genre and then something that appeals to all viewers in order to be considered something that would be good to anybody yeah yeah evil dead rise that was that was it oh yeah and you know what i remember you were gonna go see it and i was like are you sure i asked you i remember that and you couldn't finish it okay i i i had a feeling i was like yeah, because I I, I brought it, was, it up. I said that movie's gonna have violence against children. I know it. And you and you said I think I think I'm gonna be okay. I'll leave if I have to. So I'm glad you followed up yeah. on that. I was curious about that. Yeah, I mean the premise of it was really good. It's I think, you know, with the building getting shut down, stuff like that, like the way it starts on how it happens is good, but the violence towards the children was not okay. I think there was like there was a different way it could have gone. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I just I but you know I read trigger warnings on movies. <laughs> I heard they run. I heard they went for the record again to try and surpass what they did the last time they did an Evil Dead movie for most fake blood used. Oh. Yeah, it's it's definitely Evil Dead is a different kind of gore though. I mean, it has its own things. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, it, but nope. I wouldn't call it nope. better than the others. It's still, if you don't like gore, you don't go to an Evil Dead movie. That's true. I didn't even watch the TV show. Yeah, oh, the TV show was pretty gory, too. That's I, I have why to I didn't say watch the it. TV show leaned into the comedy a bit, though, so there were some gory, funny scenes. Yeah, but, yeah, nope. I love Bruce Campbell. But... Did you know that um, Bruce Campbell was originally supposed to play Dark Man? And the studio made the Museum Neeson. No. Yeah, I think Bruce Campbell would have been a great Dark Man, but they just didn't have faith in him because he'd only been in independent movies up until that point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I you you obviously can't really answer the question, but it's it's a good discussion to think like what makes a horror movie good. Well, you have to define what it is, and then you have to go through the flow chart. Yeah. And then you have to think, you have to ask the question, who's gonna come and see this? And then provide for those people that are going to go see it well i I think think if you start with a basic what makes a good movie base and that's your starting point and then you pick a genre or multiple genres as you know we've we've said you know blending genres can be very effective as well but i think you have to start with a good story premise to hit that general audience love of a movie if you're only catering to horror fans then you don't you can't have just a crappy horror movie and people still love it have you ever heard the story about how evil dead got made i have from you yes um so sam raimi and his friend um that they ended up producing with um were talk sam was talking about making a movie and didn't know what kind of movie he wanted to make and was really like feeling like I don't know if I can make a good movie because I'm just in college and I haven't really made anything other than like little films for people at college. And they went and saw American Werewolf in London and was like, you should make something like this. And he was like, I want to make something this good. And he said, yeah, you make something good. You can't make this movie, but you can make a good movie, a good horror movie. And he was like, "Okay." And they made it. And the actual audience was basically college kids. And that's that's where the humor came from, because Evil Dead isn't really an intentionally funny movie. They're just scenes that are funny to college kids. And when they made Evil Dead 2, they leaned into that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really funny story about when um, Kurt Russell met um, um, Bruce Campbell on the set of Escape from L.A. Uh, Kurt Russell came up to Bruce Campbell and say, say workshed, because there's a scene in Evil Dead where... They used really bad dubbing to put the word workshed into Bruce Campbell's mouth. He's like looking the other way and you just hear workshed when he has to go to the workshed to get the chainsaw. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's also one of the things that made Sam Raimi successful was the big fans of those movies were filmmakers because Sam Raimi was doing stuff people hadn't done. Yeah. And he did it on a shoestring. And yeah, yeah. The, the story behind the movie, in my opinion, is better than the movie itself. And you learn a lot about that, about horror movies. Like some of the really best horror movies invented ways to shoot them. Yeah. And like I, I, I love movies like that for that aspect. I am a big technical. I'm a technical nerd when it comes to movies. I love it's, the making of movies. It's probably why you love Star Wars so much, because yeah. they had to invent technology to make that movie. They still use some of it today. Yeah. So um I think that's a good closing on point. Um any anybody have anything else to share before we go? No, I think well, we've covered everything. Well, I think I have yeah. I we're gonna continue this conversation in the bonus episode. If I you want to go if you want to join our patron, you can do so at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Um shout out to all our amazing patrons. And um this has been Super Vegan Brian, David the guy who doesn't like horror movies. <laughs> and Cursey Smurf. Oh, a leprechaun, Erica. Bye. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome.